0: Hello, it's Freddie Cruz, and this is the first of two interviews I recorded at Archway Gallery, hence the difference in sound quality. It's just a little reverby, so you'll notice that. Otherwise, these are amazing conversations that you're going to hear this week. Now, a little bit about Archway Gallery. It's the oldest artist-owned gallery, not just in Houston, but in the state of Texas. You're going to find them in the Montrose area. Catch up with them at archwaygallery.com. Their featured artist is Jim Hill. A staple in the Houston area since 1978, Jim's journey has taken him all over the world. And from L.A. to D.C., he's got commissions across the United States. During this episode, we discuss all the things, his creative process, the strangers who inspire his work, and the defining moment that led him to becoming a teacher. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing with your family and friends, and/or leave a short review on your favorite podcast platform.
1: Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Florida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddy
0: Cruz. Freddy Cruz. Cruz. Let's go pick Mr. 305, and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie, and it's time to cruise through HTX. Jim. Yes. What was the first thing you ever painted?
1: The first thing I ever painted was um, two joggers on their jogging track back when I was a freshman at Washita College in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. And those were little sketches with watercolor. Who were the joggers? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the shapes. I like the movement. I tried to capture their movement uh, rather than just standing straight up and down I had some angles to use and um, uh, that turned out pretty well it turned out pretty well your first efforts sometimes turn out really well and then you get busy and later not so good
0: what about what about that painting do you still have it did you sell it
1: you know I'll have to look for it. After painting here in Houston since 1978, I have rooms full of work that I've done. Some good, some bad. Sometimes I go back and work on it, but I'll have to look and see if I still have that piece.
0: What about paintings that maybe you are, and this is a presumption on my part, maybe paintings that you feel are less than stellar that uh, you moved out that you're like, whoa, I can't believe I sold that.
1: Okay, so paintings that have soul, that I no longer have, that I wish I still had to look at, that sort of thing. Occasionally uh, that happens. Um, I have favorites. Mm. And usually my favorites aren't what the public might have as a favorite. The favorites I have are the ones that were the hardest to achieve. Uh, something I didn't think I could achieve and uh, occasionally the public sees that as something they really want to buy or have and um, it goes Mm -hmm. but I have a lot of my early pieces and more recent ones too that have turned out really well that in my opinion that I still have
0: we are sitting at the Archway Gallery. It is your exhibition, and right now you are in front of a very blue and a very green and a very aqua kind of turquoisey piece. Um, it's longer. More than it's like it's more horizontal, horizontal. Hor- mm-hmm. yeah, it's more horizontal than vertical. And talk to me about that piece. It looks like water and a mountain, maybe, or
1: well, uh, my theme for this exhibit. I think there are twenty nine paintings here at Archway. Uh, I chose a theme of a place in mind. So these are places that I have either been to or want to go to or have taught about uh, in college and and when I taught in high school. I've done research on and uh, just important places in my mind. This piece is the Danube. And I wanted a very long horizontal canvas. Usually when I have, have something in mind, I think of the canvas size first. Do I want it to be square? Do I want it to be tall, uh, wide, whatever? So this is, I think, four feet across the Danube River. I had taught about that, especially when I taught uh, college uh, art history classes. It's really interesting about the Danube. It's very blue. It goes through many European countries. Along the banks, They change languages from one language to the other. That's always been interesting to me. We don't have that sort of thing in the United States, except you get down to Louisiana, where it's a little different down there. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it's it's a beautiful river, lots of history. um, And there's not, in in this painting, I don't have any architecture, any structure. It's just nature. Mm -hmm. And so the blues and the greens were colors that I chose. I want to
0: go back to you selecting the canvas before the painting. So, is by selecting the canvas before the painting, do you mean you you don't you're not even thinking about what it is you're going to paint? You're going to go to I don't know Michaels or I mean, do do professional artists even go to Michaels and Hobby Lobby? Okay, so you go to the store, get your canvas. That's going to be something you haven't even thought about the Danube with the mountaintop.
1: Usually, I have several thoughts in mind I mean I'm a painter I look at everything I see shadows I see what few colorful leaves we have here in Houston all of that impresses me I see art things that I'd like to accomplish in almost everything I see so I usually do have something in mind when I purchase a canvas Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be canvas it could be masonite or paper or whatever I'm sorry what's masonite masonite is uh they used to use it's a uh, building material and they used to panel walls with it it's um, a slick surface i guess nowadays mm. on both sides in the old days it was slick on one side and rough on the other and you would nail that to the studs in the room and that mm. was your protection your wall protection well a lot of artists paint on masonite so or it could be any hardboard paper which usually has to be framed under glass uh, So And I paint with acrylic, so uh, canvases just work really well for me. Many times I'll buy a canvas that's stretched around on the edges so that it doesn't really need to be framed. It can stand alone as a painting, Okay. and the edges are even painted. Mm -hmm. But to get back to your question about uh, the first thing I do is purchase something to paint on. And when I get home to my studio, my studio's in the home, Uh, I sit in front of a blank canvas so I'm really happy that's a happy time for me and then I start drawing and manipulating acrylic paint on there Um, it it uh, changes I paint in layers I paint about two hours at a time and the whole painting is determined by the size that I chose
0: how many days, if you're painting two hours at a time, how many days does it take for you to finish something like this?
1: It's, that's a good question. People ask me that all the time. Uh, I paint in two-hour segments, so I could paint three times in one day or four times in two-hour sessions. Uh, it's just, that's just about all I want to be is seated in front of uh, what I'm doing there. Um, it, but it, I paint in layers, and sometimes it surprises me. It might be finished, you know. When I leave after two hours, I come back into the room to see what I accomplished, if mm-hmm. anything. It it's very rare that it it happens very quickly. So I paint in layers. Uh, acrylic dries in about two hours, so you have some time to work on it, um, and then uh, let it dry and come back and re-establish what you're trying to do. Uh, my work is very intuitive. It's, it's from my mind. Uh, one of the reasons that I put that in the um, theme for the show. So um, only once or twice have I sat for two hours and the painting was finished.
0: Have you ever, after, a, after your first two hours of working on something, come back and you're like, garbage? Yes. trash. Yes. Real, do you keep going or do you throw it away?
1: Sometimes, well, I put it aside. Okay. And you'd be surprised how many times I've gone back and revived, uh, maybe reconstructed what I had originally ended with. I like that. And that's, yeah, it's very invigorating. It's, painting is a very emotional thing Yeah. for an artist. They are your babies. You're creating them. Mm-hmm. And um, you're, you're Devoting your time and your energy into getting that done.
0: That you don't get back. You don't get the time back that you're spending. No, that's
1: exactly right. Yeah. You don't get it back. Um, So all of it, to me, even the bad stuff, (laughs) after two hours, I like to revisit, so to speak. And many of these have been paintings over other paintings that were rejected originally.
0: Oh, rejected by you or rejected by somebody? Rejected by me. By you, okay. So
1: there's a painting over here, A City of Steel, that's tall. um, uh, This
0: one on the left?
1: uh, No, the one with the lady figure in it. Okay. So I had originally painted the seated lady. And then when I worked on, uh, I thought, well, I'm just going to make that into a um, cityscape. And so uh, uh, as I painted, I didn't realize, you know, I'm painting out some of the things that were on there before. I didn't realize the female seated figure was still there. (laughs) And all of a sudden, when I come back after my uh, two-hour painting session and I take a break, I come back, and there she is. So I decided to leave that. So... um, I like it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how... And artists can be surprised by their own work. So I leave an open door. Mm -hmm. I have friends, many friends who are artists, and they specifically want to paint something. And the miraculous thing is they do. My work isn't like that. It's very intuitive. It happens or it doesn't happen. I love color. Color is very important to me. It's
0: very obvious in looking at your work.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Color, I will not deviate from. It has to be the colors that I like for that particular piece. And they vary from image to image. Um, And shape, I love working with shapes. So when I work with shapes, I reorganize as I'm uh, uh, back for a second two hour session, I'll reorganize it a little bit. And occasionally I just turn the whole thing upside down.
0: What do you mean start, by turning upside down? Well,
1: I turn the canvas upside down uh, with oh, the oh, painting on it. literally. And I see something, yes. Okay. And I see something that's there that I can work with. So that's been interesting. I don't do that all the time. But when I'm frustrated and I think this is too good to, you know, throw away yeah. and not ever paint on it, let's just turn it upside down and see if it works. Most of, uh, well, all of this show is figurative. It's not uh, non-representational or abstract. Now, you might think that it's abstract in some sense, but in my mind, when I paint it, I'm actually painting something. I'm not painting abstract, you think, of reconstructing the object or the image a little bit. Mine, in this show, they're not like that. Uh, I have one painting of the guitar player, which is about as close as I have ever come to portraiture. I don't paint realism I don't paint, I do paint people's faces, but they're my people's faces, Mm. things that I remember about uh, that particular person. So, what do
0: you remember about the gentleman with the guitar?
1: The guitar uh, is a long story. Um, uh, I've been to several uh, receptions where they had guitar players playing, so I think that is part of it. But I went to Puerto Vallarta many, many years ago. And there was um, a restaurant we were advised to go to called, I believe it's Les Set. It's where Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton had the uh, Night of the Iguana was filmed, something back there. I never have done the research, but it was a film set, movie okay. set. And it's on a cliff. And you enter from the top and they seat you down on different levels. And there was a guitar player down at the... Bottom with the ocean, the waves coming up. It was just the most beautiful sight, and he was dressed like that. And he was—he uh, was a young man singing. Um, I was so impressed. I wasn't far enough away that I couldn't see him mm-hmm. singing, but the sound was wonderful. And so that's—that's that's what I think of when I see that piece.
0: There's one here at Archway Gallery. Is it called Central Park, or it's a painting of Central Park? Uh,
1: City Park Park. is a a, um, silkscreen. Several years ago, back in the late 80s, there were two separate people, uh, companies, there were silkscreen artists that came to me at different times and said, Jim, we like your work because you use flat shapes, and this would be so good to print as a silkscreen. Now, another word for silkscreen is seriograph. So Mm. these were serigraphers. And that's all they did. They didn't paint. They printed other artists' work in an edition. So it's a publication. And we worked out a deal. I got a certain percent of the uh, prints signed and numbered. They're very large. I think they're almost uh, three feet across and maybe two feet high.
0: That is quite sizey.
1: Yeah, and uh, the one they, 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 they chose an original painting that was approximately that same size. And they said, This is what we want. What is this? City Park is what I called it. Well, I was thinking of Central Park in New York City. And so I have everything in there. I have the gazebo, I have people strolling, I have babies in baby carriages with the mother and the dad, I have little dogs, I have pigeons. There's some cityscape buildings in the background with some sky. Uh, someone told me not too long ago this cannot be Central Park because you put sailboats in the lake. And I said, yes, they're they're big sailboats, but those are children's sailboats that they bring to the park and float in the lake.
0: And it works for your. It works for this piece because it's not representational. Is that is that?
1: Well, it is it is representational, it is but representation. you have to use your imagination to you see go. it as yeah. a representation.
0: Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where some people get hung up when they look at art.
1: That's exactly right. Because it
0: has to be a one thousand percent correct mm-hmm. and accurate representation of what it is you have painted, and I think that's different from somebody who, let's say, um, produces a movie, directs a movie, writes a book, Um, because if you're going to be writing about, I don't know, um, ancient Roman times, you want to make sure you get the emperors right, and if it's Roman times, you want to make sure they're not, I don't know, uh, from Asia or something.
1: Get your research right. Get your
0: research right. Um, But this, I mean, it works.
1: This works, uh, the uh, design of it, I'm very interested in composition. So you have to balance things, you know, and you have to get the colors balanced and the shapes and Mm -hmm. so forth. I always like some sky in the background. I don't know why. Uh, And I use a lot of blues and greens, so a lot of green for the grass in the park and so forth. Uh, There's some sidewalks meandering through,
0: Bonus points for using meandering. I love that word. You don't hear that very often. You know,
1: it's funny. A story aside from this, uh, I taught at college level. I went, a, a president of a college talked one time to the faculty, and he was talking about building new sidewalks and everything. He said, we don't build new sidewalks. We let the students walk where they want to go and make the path, and then we build the sidewalk where the path is. If we had an engineer come in, we'd have all these angles and things. So we let the (laughs) students do all that, and then we decide, you know, we're going to make a path. So that's what I have. I have some meandering paths through Central Park.
0: Let's build on you being a teacher. What was the defining moment that influenced that decision?
1: You know, that's a good question. I, I have always wanted to share... Um, art. I'm a late bloomer. I had no art whatsoever till I was like a junior in college. So I'm that's one of those,
0: late. Blo- that's, that's late bloomer for you. Yeah,
1: that's a late okay. bloomer, and I'm a late bloomer. Period. So um, I wanted I wanted people to know that they could, you know, at that by the time I was blooming, you could take art classes in in uh, high school and in junior high and so forth. There was none of that where I went to school in Arkansas. Uh, We had plays and we had poems and we had uh, language classes and that sort of thing. But I was really uh, pretty much starved to share. I'm a sharing person. If I do something uh, that could help you, I want to help you with it. And I think learning uh, how to teach effectively was a goal.
0: Mm. What do most outsiders get wrong about the art scene in Houston?
1: Well, uh, that's another good question. I, I, um, I don't know what they get wrong. I think we're so happy here at Archway to have people come in. Many of the people come in for the first time, see our sign outside. Sometimes we have the door wide open, and they come in, and they first thing they say is I've never been in an art gallery before so we're so pleased to get those people those are our treasures and many of them live in the neighborhood so they're walking around we live we're occupying a, a space in a beautiful neighborhood where there's a lot of people walking and we love that so I think Capturing the person and showing them that it's safe to come into an art museum and to explain how our art museum, is, our art gallery, is a little different from most art galleries. That's uh, encouraging to us.
0: Final question for you. In 100 years, somebody stumbles across one of your paintings. What do you hope and or want and or think they will take away from it?
1: Well, I hope they'll see some joy in it, because I paint happy things. I don't paint uh, doomsday, you know, uh, leave that to someone else. It's not a problem, but I don't paint that. I paint uh, joyous, uh, happy, whimsical things. Uh, I love uh, the use of color, uh, to use color, and so I hope they see that as something that is fun and happy and something they could look at over a long period of time.
0: All right, Jim Hill is the artist. Archway Gallery is where you can come and see his his work. It is A Place in
1: Mind. And you are celebrating a birthday on the 16th? (laughs) I will be 81 on the 16th of December, 2023. And we're having a champagne music. uh, And we have a a guy from Scotland, 18, very talented, 18-year-old playing Scottish fiddle music. So it'll be very entertaining. And I hope you can come to that.
0: Well, that is going to be awesome. And if you're listening and it's after that, then you missed the party, but you can always come by Archway Gallery and uh, see all of the fantastic artists that are on exhibit. Not just Jim, but they've got a whole array of different uh, paintings and sculptures, all the different textures and colors and themes and whatnot. Jim... You are an inspiration. Thank you so much for coming by the podcast and sharing with me the story of your art.
1: Oh, thanks, Freddie. Thanks. Nice to be here. Hey, it's me. I'm back with a quick little nudge. If you enjoyed
0: this podcast as much as I did putting it together for you, then please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the newsletter at cruise htx.com and share with your family and friends. Thank you.